It's time for JT the Brick. The summer of Cliff. Cliff Ranch, all summer long. Prepare your phone call. I want Cliff content from you. I stopped into a Walmart. I had no idea he was there. Like we talked a bit about some old Raider stuff. He was super. We went back and forth. I think every current wide receiver in it, not only the NFL, but every current wide receiver, period, needs to be at that induction thing for Cliff. JT the Brick. I want to know when you met Cliff, what your favorite play was with him. So we had a blast. We hung out in there. It got pictures of the boys with the ring. Talked to him a little bit. Cliff Ranch was a, was a standout player. The way he ran his routes, his hands, his speed was unbelievable. The plays that I recall with Branch was him going down the left sideline, getting behind the DB, and his left hand going up, give me the ball, give me the ball. As we count down to Cliff, the summer of Cliff on the flagship. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as we begin a big week of coverage here on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. Our summer of Cliff continues as, man, we're getting close to our road trip to Canton, Ohio, for the induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Richard Seymour, who played a bit for the Raiders, and Cliff Branch, who won three Super Bowls for the Silver and Black, being enshrined. And uh, we'll be there for that, and we'll have some great programming. We'll have the Hall of Fame game, which will be fun to see the Raiders take the field at that beautiful refurbished stadium in Canton, and to see a sea of Silver and Black, former alumni, uh, Gold Jacket Raiders, and the fans of the Raider Nation who are making the trip from all over the world. So that is coming really quickly here as we do our countdown to Cliff. We had to move Fred Bolitnikoff today. We put him back later in the week. Ira Matthews, former Super Bowl running back, kick returner, punt returner, Super Bowl champ for the Raiders, will take his spot, Jim Plunkett, tomorrow. So we got a big week. I've been trying to line up Cliff content here for the last couple of months. And we're going to finish really strong here. And we're looking to take your calls now on anything that is Cliff appropriate from Raider rallies to Raider fans getting together. I was looking online and I saw Raider man, El Senor, the black hole, Raider fans coming together before the season starting. So that makes me feel great. So some of you Raider fans, especially the ones who have been around the block and saw Cliff play, knew Cliff, uh, can talk about Cliff. Right? I talk to Raider Mort almost every day. And he's in the Bay Area. Man, the Cliff conversations that we have. Talked to Fred today about Cliff. So anybody who has a story about Cliff Branch, that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to reinvent radio. We're doing summer radio as camp just opened up. And I got a lot of camp sound to get to. But we thought that Cliff would be a priority until after the first or second preseason game that we'd have a lot more content for the Raiders, right? We'd know who's winning the position battles. I'd be out at some more practices. We'd be able to get some insight on who's going to make the team, who's on the bubble. It's too early for that now. Josh McDaniels is giving us none of that, rightfully so. And there's not a lot of low-hanging fruit on this because we're hoping that no Raiders get injured, just a few players on the pup list. And that's about it. Derek Carr making comments. Devontae Adams trying to clean up comments. is good radio. I like good radio, man. A lot of times I sit here two hours a day. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself, which is a good thing. But I want to hear from you on everything that's happening in Raider Nation as we open up the show. I've been at war all day from the Twitter police. People are attacking me. I almost feel like I have to get armed guards because I heard a rumor today from a very reliable source back east that Juan Soto's on the trade block to the Padres. And the Padres would consider moving Tatis, who has a massive contract, but they'd need a massive contract for Soto. Just a source I have that's pretty good. And if people are attacking me, going after my wife and children. 
Isn't Twitter nice? Isn't it a great place to be where anonymous trolls will attack you? So Devontae Adams thought he had some problems there. Anybody who lives in the sewer of social media and wants to be nice or give out information, you got to put up a wall like Game of Thrones because people come after you. So I, I welcome the Padre fans who are listening today and recording this and downloaded the Raiders mobile app and want to know what I think. I just said it. I'm hearing rumors that Juan Soto could be going to the Padres from a reliable source. You need a couple. I didn't write a paragraph on it. I just said this is what I'm hearing. We'll see if it happens. We'll see if I'm vindicated. Oh, man, if I get this one right, I will personally go after every Padre fan who personally went after me today. But that's the world of social media as we open up the show. Just got back from Duck Creek up in Utah. Uh, beat, uh, was able to beat a little bit of the heat and had a great time on side-by-side, some ATVs. Incredible uh, to do that. And now I'm locked in, ready to go, Raider Nation, with Canton right here on the horizon, pre- and post-game for the entire preseason with Eric Allen in my 24th year with the team and the Summer of Clip brand. So let's get rolling. I want to begin, first off, great interview today, Peter King with The Morning Show. We got some sound that we'll talk about. I'm sorry I miss Peter King. Every year I used to see him in Napa, and it was great. We'd get a coffee or I'd see him on the field, and he'd ask me a lot about the Raiders or we'd talk about the Raiders. Peter King uh, put out a great column on Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr and what he thinks about the Raiders now. So go to Peter King on social media and listen. If you didn't hear today, I'm sure that that interview will be really viral and going off uh, from Vinny and everybody, Clay and Heidi and everybody associated with the morning show. So nice job by getting that big get. A little bit later on, we'll play some of that sound. I want to begin with Devontae Adams and the initial comparison of Derek Carr to Aaron Rodgers and the Hall of Fame term that he said, and he actually said this, and I know where that was coming from because I'm a big believer in looking out to a player's career and saying if they're a Hall of Famer or not. Very easy to do. Mike Trout's a Hall of Famer, right? If he never played a game again, he's in. You look back at players and you say, man, is that player a Hall of Famer? So last night on my SiriusXM show, we dove into this. A big poppy got into the Baseball Hall of Fame, but we played the Devontae sound, and I'm about to play for you. And for years I've been saying Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer. And Derek Carr is on pace with touchdowns and yards to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If he plays, let's just say Derek plays another seven years for the Raiders. He's already the all-time Raider leader in all categories when it comes to yards, touchdowns, all that. He already has that. All he needs is one Super Bowl. He's done. Just one. You better believe I'm sitting here today believing that Derek Carr is going to win one Super Bowl. That's why they got Devontae Adams. That's why they got Chandler Jones. That's how they are coaching up Mad Max, and that's why they brought in Josh McDaniels. So I'm a believer that the Raiders are going to get a chip at some point here. At some point, I think everybody on Raider Nation Radio thinks the Raiders are going to win a Super Bowl. Now, will I say that this year? No. I don't have the Raiders, who are picked to be dead last by Vegas oddmakers in the division to win the Super Bowl, but, you know, stranger things can happen. I think the Raiders are as good as 10 wins which they had last year. I think they're a better team. I think their schedule's more difficult. They're breaking in a new coach. There's a lot of things happening in Raider Nation. But anything could happen because Joe Burrow and Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl with Eli Apple playing cornerback. Anything could happen. 
I mean, the Raiders had Cincinnati on the verge of beating them, first and goal at the nine. They didn't beat them. If they did, would the Raiders have went to the Super Bowl? I thought the Raiders were better than Cincinnati on paper. Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl. So Devontae talked about Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr, connected the Hall of Fame. We know Rodgers is a lock for the Hall of Fame years ago. And Derek's in play if he wins down the road. So much like I'm getting harassed and killed on Twitter today, killed, same thing with Devontae, but he's, he's worth more than $100 million. I need a few more radio shows to get there. And Devontae went in to clean this up because he realized that social media, once they get a hold of this, it never ends until you clarify it. Here it is. Let's, let, me, let me say this, just so this can be everywhere as well. Um, and being a rapper is, is very vital. I say one of the, you got to have the bars, obviously. You know you got to have the bars. You got to have the lines got to be there. But a very, very vital and critical piece of being a rapper is the delivery, right? I wasn't a great rapper the other day. What I'm not going to do is take away from that statement because why, why, why is Derek not a, a Hall of Famer, you know? But what I, what I meant, I left one key word out of there because that's not exactly what I meant, but I do think that Derek's career is Hall of Fame worthy, and, and why not? I mean, you know, people can, can say that about this guy or that guy. What I would say is, does he have the, the MVPs right now? You know, no. Does he has he won a Super Bowl? Not yet. You know, that's obviously what we're what we're chasing. But what I meant to say was, even if you go Hall of if you go even Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, it's an adjustment. You know, I meant like even if it is Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer, there's going to be an adjustment. I wasn't saying Hall of Famer Aaron to Hall of Famer Derek. So I'm not retracting my statement at all. <laughs> like I said, I, Derek's career. Proves to, honestly, you look at the numbers that he's had and, you know, what he's had to work with and the, the adversity that he's had, uh, you know, in Oakland and coming to Vegas and the type of stuff that's been going on here in the past, which, you know, hopefully we're putting all that stuff to bed. But um, that, uh, yeah, I didn't deliver that message the way that I had in my head. So later when I saw it written out, it kind of made my stomach drop a little bit because I was like, oh, God, here we go, man. I can't wait for people to blow this up. They take everything I say, and we're the only team in camp right now, but... Yes, but like I said, what I'm not going to do is say Derek is not going to be a Hall of Famer because at the end of the day, I believe, you know, this is not putting any expectations or any added pressure on him because, you know, he puts all that that type of pressure on himself because of what he expects, you know, um, every time he touches the field. But, um, yeah, I did not mean to say exactly that. I'm going to reiterate, even if you go from Hall of Famer to even another Hall of Famer, it's going to be an adjustment. Anytime you change quarterbacks is what I was getting at. So take that and run with it. Do whatever you got to do. There is so much there. I could do two hours without a commercial and a breath on this topic because it's hitting home with me today. So Devontae, 15 hours ago, put out that comment and said, here, you idiots, with some smiley emojis. All right, back to work. It really is what's changed the most in sports radio over the last five or six years is we used to just do radio. We'd talk on the radio. We'd have opinions. We'd get a little bit loud. We'd take some calls. We'd go back and forth. Now that most radio stations don't take calls, I do at night. Lucky we do here. We count on your calls for opinions because we have to have some type of balance. And then Twitter and social media, not Facebook and Instagram, Twitter was invented. And then Twitter comes in and just makes people triggered and angry and want to fight and threaten people and all this. So Devontae's looking at the Twitter going, oh, my God. I'm the best receiver in the league. 
I'm the best player here. I came here. I'm the biggest offseason move. And I'm looking at everybody. Uh, they're just killing me. They're just going up. So we had to go and clarify what he said. He didn't have to do that. But he probably looked at it and said, oh, my God, if I don't do this, this is just going to linger, 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 because people believe that I'm comparing Derek Carr to Aaron Rodgers. No one in their right mind would compare the career of Derek Carr right now to Aaron Rodgers, a four-time MVP and a Super Bowl champion. No one would. But when you're dealing with trolls and triggered people and people that are out of their minds, they'll do anything to get their voice out and call you an idiot or tell you to clarify it and insist that you're wrong. So I thought Devontae's cleanup of that or clarification was beautiful. I agree with them. I felt like I was listening to JT the Brick in a third person. For years, I've been saying Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. People attack me. What are you talking about? What do you mean? The only thing you need for the Hall of Fame, you don't need a ring. You don't need a championship to get to the Hall of Fame. Dan Marino, Carmelone don't have one. Ted Williams doesn't have one. And not that Derek's in that category. All you need as a quarterback is touchdowns and yards. That's it. That's it. All you need is touchdowns and yards. Add them up, put them in an algorithm, and you go to the Hall of Fame. Because it's longevity. If you play close to 20 years, you know, and you got 64,000 yards, and you got a couple of hundred touchdowns, you're going to go to the Hall of Fame. If you're right there in the category of Hall of Famers before. Now, the errors have changed from Joe Namath. Have you ever looked at Joe Namath's stats? They would alarm you. But why is Joe Namath in the Hall of Fame? Because he took the AFL, the AFL with Al Davis put on the map. Al Davis, Joe Namath took the AFL, won the first Super Bowl, and was great for a short amount of time. His numbers don't hold up today. Why is Lynn Swan in the Hall of Fame over Cliff Branch? They both won multiple Super Bowls. Cliff's got better stats, but Lynn Swan made some famous plays on a dynasty team, so he went ahead of Cliff. So Devontae cleaned that up. And I was away this week, and then I'm looking at this, and my wife tells me about this. Look at this trending. I'm like, whatever. I'll address it on Monday. So we addressed it there. Raider fans, you need to address this because this is your guy. This is your guy there who's roommates and best friends with Derek Carr. They're like brothers, and he's complimenting Derek Carr and using Aaron Rodgers as the compliment here, and the Internet was going to break because, again, people are polarized and triggered on social media, Twitter, basically because of politics and over the last two years, COVID with vaccines or not. It's, it's made everybody nuts, crazy, a tough guy, beer muscles. They want to fight you anywhere and they all disappear and hide. I've never met one of them. Never met one of them. They're all the same person who went after Devontae. They're like, Devontae, some guy with six followers is telling Devontae Adams that he needs to go clarify what he was saying. Seriously, it's incredible what's happening there. So let's get that out of the way. Now we move to Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr knows the media in Vegas and Oakland very well. Uh, Derek knows everybody by a first name. Derek knows who's qualified, who has the biggest titles like ESPN and Fox. And and people, their opinions change with Derek all the time. I've known Derek since he's come in. I like him a lot. We've worked together. I was the first guy to interview him after his contract extension. It was an incredible conversation on his part as I just asked the questions and I never saw him glowing and in a better mood with his family in the building as he got a contract extension. Now people are sitting here today saying, oh, do you believe they compared him to Aaron Rodgers? Devontae Adams did. No, we're looking at this long term. 
So Derek uh, has finally given us, you know, the ability to look at him as a potential Super Bowl champion, which wasn't going to happen when he was 0-10, everybody, out of Fresno State. He wasn't going to win a Super Bowl. He led a team to the playoffs that went 12-4 and when he broke his ankle, and he played his ass off. And now he's had new coach, new coach, new coach, new coordinators, and now he's got Josh McDaniels. Gives him a great opportunity to win a Super Bowl. So Derek's been talking the last couple of days, or from his last press conference on the 22nd, Let's play some Derek Carr sound as we begin the show here. First off on this now new system, if you make a mistake, you're going to run laps. You're going to learn not to do it again. Yeah, I mean, just accountability. You know, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. Um, You know, if it happens between two people, hit it. You know, like it doesn't like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whose fault it was. Like, let's go, you know, and, uh, you know, it's an accountability thing. It's a learning lesson. I've always believed that Derek hears the outside noise, which is fine. He's on social media. He's got a big following. He's a big, he was a huge Kobe Bryant fan. He loves all sports. Derek is very aware of what people say. Why wouldn't he be? He's got a brother who's in media. His brother David's at NFL Network. He's in media. He's got another brother who looks at media. Derek knows what people are saying about him going forward. And this nobody likes us mentality going forward now that people are looking at the Raiders more closely on what their upside is. I said it. I said it in like this tone, and now it's been taken to this. I saw the full quotes. I know. But you know how him and Paul like to do things. You know what I mean? They be doing crazy stuff. Uh, And so, yeah. I mean, look. Nobody expectation. Who cares? Like nobody cares. You know. Like at the end of the day, they could say you got all these. That crap don't matter. You know. We have to go play the football games. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's honestly. How I feel. I just got to be more honest. I just got to start speaking my mind. And as I'm getting older, I just say what I want to say, you know. And so my real answer is the expectation, all that kind of stuff. Who says that? Honestly, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Whether they don't say anything or they say a lot, nobody cares. Hopefully they talk about us at the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but right now, that crap don't matter. A lot of, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, Derek's never lied. I mean, Derek's not going to go up there and lie. And Derek's kind of telling you the truth. But we all know that Derek's paying attention to certain beat writers and people saying certain things. There's a national host right up there now who's praising him all day long, every day now, and will throw him under the bus if Derek doesn't win. That's the way it goes, and Derek is aware of that. So for Derek, being a positive person and having to transition to comments from fans, radio hosts like me, insiders, this is all a part of being a franchise quarterback. Here's Derek Carr. It doesn't matter, Derek. Why do you talk about it? Why do you? Thank you, Paul. It's so good to see you. Uh, <laughs> I say it because I'm a positive person, and it's I try and uh, it is, and I try and encourage my teammates. There's a way that I say things to encourage my locker room to maybe put a chip on their shoulder, and sometimes I do it too much, and so I don't appreciate your tone either. You can pump that back a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. Paul Gutierrez, great friend of ours, one of our insiders. I wouldn't have this show without Paul Gutierrez coming in with his opinions, Vic Tafer, Vinny Vonsignor, Bill Williamson, the insiders that I have in my time slot are for a reason. They're the most credible, and they cover the team closely, even more closely than I do hosting radio shows. They're at more practices than I am. They're writing more. They're giving more content. So, look, everybody can talk. Everybody doesn't have to agree with everything. It's just incredible, man. I'm spending the monologue on what's going viral on Twitter, and it's really nothing. You know, I think Juan Soto is going to get traded to the Padres. If it doesn't, if he doesn't, I didn't commit a crime against humanity and children. 
it's a guess with the source. You know, Devontae didn't mean anything bad about comparing Derek to Aaron Rodgers. He's played with both of them. He knows both of them. It's his right to have that opinion. So a couple more from Derek Carr here. This one on the smart players coming in. This, to me, is a very important point because there's only so many openings on the Raider roster after the Gruden Mayock era. Now we're into Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, and they're going to want a certain player. That is different than the Gruden Mayock, Reggie McKenzie, Del Rio. We're all big boys and girls. We know that. Certain coaches and GMs like their players. And what's fascinated me the most about this preseason in camp just getting underway in OTAs and getting to meet Dave Ziegler and talk to him is that everybody has their own opinion on the players they want. Some want bigger players. Some want faster players, right? Al Davis wanted super speedy guys in the secondary, a cornerback, and receivers. You know, could be different than some guys who want bigger, oversized guys on the offensive line. Everybody's got different opinions here. But I like what Derek said about the smart players because it should be very obvious that you're not coming into the building in Henderson unless you have an elevated level of smarts that you could be taught how to get better and you can understand the concepts that they're installing. I don't know like the ages and all that kind of stuff, but I feel like that people know football, you know. Um, I think one thing Dave and uh, Josh have done is like they, they really care about smart football players, especially in the systems that we play in. Um, you know, you got to be super smart. You know, it's not just run out there and just be better, you know, athletically or something like that. It helps if you are, you know, uh, but it, you got to be smart. And I think that that helps. I think it really helps when they communicate something that they can take it and then go do it from the meeting room to the field. Yeah, so that's really important soundbite. That's what Derek's saying. Look, we got this playoff team. We only have room for a certain amount of players who might be able to start or get on the field. They got to be smart. It's Josh McDaniel's offense. Very elaborate. So was Gruden's. This one's different. Very elaborate terminology and concepts and all that. You got to be smart. You just can't come in being, you know, a big guy, a fast guy. You're going to have to be able to understand what they're doing. And one from Josh McDaniel's, the head coach, when asked about the offensive line, which is clearly, that Peter King wrote in his column, clearly the biggest issue now with this team is how to get the offensive line up to speed because all the members of the media who are sitting at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and are inside that meeting room are going to continue to talk about the O-line. Again, we're still in this phase where it's like, you know, no pads and there's only so much we can really evaluate with those guys until Wednesday. Um, but, you know, working really well together, um, that entire group, we're trying that, you know, there's really no player up there that is lining up beside the same guy or two on every snap. And that's by design. Um, each of our periods is kind of um, <clears throat> scripted that way where they're forced to communicate with more people. There's somebody new on the right, somebody new on the left. So. Right now for them, because there's really it's a not a physical or contact portion of our year, really for them it's about communication and trusting the guys beside you and knowing what the words mean to you. Um, and in specific, the two players you mentioned, Lester and Alex, I mean, you know, they're doing a good job of that so far, um, working well together. And, you know, we'll, like I said, I think the big part of this evaluation for us up front on both sides of the ball uh, will really – I'd say start to take some shape on Wednesday and, you know, and then it's going to continue throughout training camp, you know, when we have our opportunities and pads. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out to practice this week, and pads will be there Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday broadcasting from there, and then it's countdown. Next week we're in Canton for a long week. We get there Wednesday through Sunday, and that'll be a great great opportunity for us there. So that's where we stand today. Uh, the number is 702-365-9200. We'd like to hear from you. I think Bobby put, pulled some great sound there for the monologue. Brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2 a.m. If you're heading out, if you're talking sports, if you're going to training camp, if you're not going to training camp, go talk Raiders at a close PT's near you. All right, Mac in Los Angeles. Start us off, Mac, on the Raider flagship. How are you? What's up, JT? Great show, great show. Hey, you know what? This is all about nothing, man. Uh, you know, um, the media and players always have a little risk, and, and you know, um, Paul Gutierrez and has been having problems with 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 Carr for for a while. Um, you know, he wrote some negative stuff on the Raiders. Um, you know, and he's just doing his job just like Derek is. Um, you know, defending his team. But as far as Hall of Fame, and you know it, JT. I heard you many times say that the Hall of Fame is just letting everybody in and anybody. No, it, it is ridiculous right now. But what I will say, one thing. JT, I'm going to tell you, you're wrong as far as yardage stuff. Because mm-hmm. there's like five quarterbacks, Joe Flacco, um, Dave Craig, Matt Hasselbeck, mm-hmm. Alex Smith, and Andy Dalton in the top 30 in yardage, and they're never going to get No, I'm not talking I'm not about them. I'm, no, no, hold on. Huh? I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the well, ones. you said yardage. No, it's, 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 said, I do. Said, I did, but I'll, let me elaborate. It's yardage, it's touchdowns, and for Hall of Fame, a guy like Joe Flacco – Matt Ryan had a 28-3 lead. That's going to be held against him, but he's going to continue to play. Phillip Rivers was an Iron Man, really good. It's all going to be part of the discussion. But if you don't have touchdowns and yards going into it, you're not getting in. Go ahead, please. Okay, okay. I, okay, okay. Because yard, there's a lot of guys with yardage that just ain't no good, and they're not going to get in. But I'm with you. They sh- the, the Hall of Fame should be – should be different. We need to concentrate on the season coming up. We're, all that other stuff, we don't we don't care about that. You know, you and Gutierrez arguing and stuff there. Just concentrate on you and, and, and on the team. Hey, what I did call to ask you, uh, JT, what, what's going on with, with, with um, Trayvon Mullen? As far as the secondary, our secondary, we, we don't have a lot of players in, in that secondary and that linebacker. Kit, and I'll let you go on this. What, what are we doing to, yeah. to add more players on, on, on both well, sides? Well, they did add more players, and they brought in several players, in the, and thanks for the call, into the defensive backfield. Rocky Asin will be a starter shutdown. Mullen is supposed to get through this foot surgery being ready to go. And this is a make-or-break year for Trayvon Mullen. He has to be healthy. He has to get out of camp. He has to start, and he has to keep his job. I've been saying that. I think Nate Hobbs, who's impressed already, can play outside corner. On top of slot corner, Averitt, the other individuals that they brought in who can play and have reps underneath them. Look, there is no Lester Hayes and Mike Haynes on this team, everybody. Okay, that's what we've been trying to talk about as pro football focus is grading every position. This offensive line is not led by Art Shell and Gene Upshaw. Highway 63, they don't have it. Dave Ziegler needs time to get those players. He took an offensive lineman, Dylan Parham, with the third round, his first pick, because he knew it was a priority. I believe the Raiders will add an offensive lineman throughout camp here in the preseason. I've been saying that from day one. And for corner, corner, Casey Haywood was a hell of a player. He's gone. 
and they bring in Rocky Asin, who's supposed to step up and do that. But the offensive line and the secondary and even the safety position of Jonathan Abram are all positions that are open for competition. And let me leave you on this point. These are all pro football players, pro, at the highest level. If they can't get to the level where they're a pro bowler, if they can't get to the level where they're playing not good but great, they're not going to be here. We're done with this era of the Raiders just having guys. Oh, he's a guy. He's a guy. Well, he's okay. No, 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 no. No more. Dave Ziegler has come here now to let everybody know that you're on the team because you were here before I got here. If we think you're good enough to make the team, we're going to give you a tryout called training camp in the preseason. If not, we're going to bring in other players. That's what's happening with this regime. They're constantly evaluating, constant competition, and putting the pressure on these players, lightly now, that it's go time. And if you're not going to play at a Pro Bowl level, like Colt Miller, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and, and you're not going to play at this level. You better be young, like Trayvon Merrick, and we'll build you up there. You better be good with upside, like Rocky Asin. And if not, you're not going to be here. 702-365-9200. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. They have the botanist gin. Throw a lemon or lime in. On the rocks, it'll blow you away. It's refreshing. We thank our team, our great team at Remy Martin. Ira Matthews is going to join us. Always a fun interview next. Branch to the left, Bolitnikov to the right, Stabler back to pass again from midfield, throwing a deep bomb, going to Branch against Livers, Livers knocks it down, Branch catches it, touchdown Raiders, holy Toledo, what else can happen here on the Lake Michigan Riverfront in Chicago? Livers went up, looked like he had the intercepted at the five, it popped out of his hands, and Branch made the catch and skipped home for six. How great is that, huh? Bill King on the Cliff Branch calls, and I just got confirmation that George Atkinson will join us later in the week, uh, one of Cliff's greatest and best friends of all time. Welcome back. The summer of Cliff continues, brought to you by Grimaldi's, uh, best pizza I've ever had, all the locations here in the Valley. Go to Grimaldi's, get the Brooklyn Bridge pizza. I think you will love it. You won't like it. You'll love it. Miles Simmons, kind enough to join us from Pro Football Talk. Miles, good to talk to you, and... I'm going to jump right in with some of the quarterbacks. Let me get your impression of the Kyler Murray contract extension. Did you think the numbers were right in line with what you thought he would get? Well, JT, always good to talk to you too, man. And it's interesting because when you're talking about quarterbacks and quarterback contracts, they just are always going to continue to go up and up and up. And so this is the cost of doing business if you're the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you just got to figure out, okay, man, like you have to pay him because if you don't pay him, then what exactly are you going to do? He's not bad enough where you're saying, yeah, you don't want him on the team anymore. But I think to this point, you haven't seen him really play where you're saying to yourself, okay, yes, you know that he can be one of the best quarterbacks in the league and consistently get you to the point where you're not just reaching the playoffs, you know, limping into the playoffs as they did last year, but winning playoff games, getting you to the conference championship game. I, I don't know 
that we've seen him really possess that ability. Obviously, he hasn't gotten to a conference championship game, and the only time that they reached the playoffs last season, they were just not competitive at all in that game uh, against the Los Angeles Rams. So I understand why Arizona did it. I think that they had to do it, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to work out for them. Yeah, I think they're in a no-lose situation. you got to get them, but there's some contracts that are fully guaranteed now. So I'm just wondering if he's going to see the end of it or not, and it's going to happen that he has to win. But to follow up with you, Cleveland didn't think that highly of Baker Mayfield. They let him go, and the money wasn't big. I thought the money was reasonable. Cleveland didn't want to pay him long-term because they went with Deshaun Watson, but Seattle passed on him. Houston didn't make the move for Baker, which I thought was a slam dunk. He's from Texas. He could have competed against the Cowboys there. And he ends up in Carolina with Sam Darnold there. What do you think of the Baker move and the value that Carolina got for him? Well, I think that the value they got for him is great. I mean, especially considering the fact that Baker Mayfield took a $3.5 million pay cut. And yes, he does have the chance to earn that money back with incentives. But if you take a look at the reported incentives, it's like, oh, he's got to finish in the top five in touchdowns or something. And like the Panthers have to reach the championship game and win the Super Bowl. Like None of those things are going to happen. Okay, so the Panthers got better with Baker Mayfield. I think he is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. And I think the Panthers should be better for having Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold. But, like, what does better mean when you are the Panthers, right? Does that mean that they're going to somehow sneak into the postseason as a 9-win team, a 10-win team? That, to me, is their ceiling. And that's mm-hmm. if pretty much everything goes right. But I don't know that everything's going to be able to go right there. You know, I mean, they do have a solid defense. They've got pieces there with Jeremy Chen at safety, uh, Brent Burns at defensive end. Those guys are really good. But can everything come together? Now, Ben McAdoo is their offensive coordinator, and part of the reason, I'm sure, is because you have a head coach who might not make it throughout the entire season. So that's going to make it kind of difficult for those guys in Carolina. Miles Simmons joins us from Pro Football Talk. So, Devontae Adams praising his former college quarterback, Derek Carr. Derek Carr's put up some big numbers. He went to the playoffs last year, not the Broncos, not Justin Herbert. Devontae makes this comparison to Aaron Rodgers with Carr. The internet almost breaks before he clarifies it. Where do you stand on the Raiders, who look like they got better in the offseason, but they got a lot of changes with the new regime, a new head coach and GM? How do you have the Raiders looking? Yeah, JT, I'm pretty bullish on the Raiders, and I don't know if I'm like one of the only people who think that, but I I thought that they would make the playoffs last year, and they did. I see no reason why they cannot go back to the playoffs this year as well. You know, I think they got better in so many different places. You have Devontae Adams now, who's arguably the best receiver in the league, and he's got that built-in chemistry with Derek Carr. Now, it's not quite Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow because, you know, it's been a little longer since those two guys played together. But if you know them, then you know that they trained together in the offseason back when uh, the Raiders were still in California. So now that they are back together, I think that makes them better. A healthy Darren Waller for the entire season, that makes the Raiders better. You talk about play calling and offensive scheme, I think Josh McDaniels makes them better. Chandler Jones makes them better on the defensive side with Patrick Graham as defensive coordinator. Max Crosby should get better for another year. You know, so all of these things, I think, come together. And I think the Raiders, I don't know if they'll win the AFC West because that, that division is going to be so gosh darn competitive. But I really do think that the Raiders should be in a position to make it to the postseason again. And I'd be surprised if they weren't. Miles Simmons joins us. All looking good 
For the Buffalo Bills, I picked them to win the Super Bowl last year. I was really confident with that pick until 13 seconds to go in Kansas City. They have a couple of hiccups, pup list, a little accident up there in Rochester, Buffalo, and their fans are already taking over social media. What are your expectations on the Buffalo Bills getting to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I think that they can do it. I mean, they're another team where you've got guys who should be better. You know, Josh Allen taking another step in his progression. You bring in somebody like Von Miller, who we know can still play. Now, him playing in Buffalo is probably going to be different than him playing on the same defensive line as Aaron Donald, right? What do we see with Von Miller when he's not with AD? Well, I think he can still be pretty darn good. He was Mm -hmm. still playing at a decent level with the Broncos before uh, they made that trade and brought him to Los Angeles last year. So those things are good things. You've got Gabriel Davis, who I think can take another step in that progression. Now, he's a player that I think we would have been celebrating a lot more after that Kansas City-Buffalo playoff game, if, you know, the last 13 seconds of regulation, and then overtime didn't happen because he had a huge, huge game. So there's a lot of good things that are happening in Buffalo right now, and I feel like yeah, they, they could certainly go to the Super Bowl, but like my pick to win the Super Bowl is still going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about Brady, but I, you can put all the different stats and facts in front of me. Like, I just – Brady comes back after 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah, it's something that they're, they're going to win it. I don't know. Miles Simmons, as we wrap it up, pro football talk. Uh, Mike Florio put out that Tyreek Hill keeps putting more pressure on Tua. What are you sensing is going on here? I think Tyreek had Patrick Mahomes talking about the accuracy of Tua over Mahomes. But then again, we see and we know Tua is not a brilliant quarterback yet. What do you think's the understory here of Tyreek Hill in the quarterback position? Because he's got a Hall of Fame career already. If Tyreek Hill's career ended today, he's one of the rare people like Terrell Davis. I'd put him right in the Hall of Fame, Gail Sayers. But is this going to work out with him and Tua in Miami? What are you sensing? Well, I, this is one of those places where Mike and I, who are, you know, we're colleagues, but we kind of disagree on this a little mm-hmm. bit. And it's like, I don't necessarily know if Hill is putting pressure on him as much as he is just trying to talk him up and make him feel for lack of a better term loved right and and I think some of that is important when you have a receiver and a quarterback in that relationship and a a player into a tongue of Iowa who has been middling you know he's shown some flashes but for the most part ever since that you know championship game that they played years and years ago with Alabama and Georgia where he yacked that thing down the left sideline and they won walking it off in overtime. Like we haven't necessarily seen that to a tongue of Ilova, right? Mm. Part of that was the hip injury. He should be totally healthy. Now he's got a great supporting cast now. So if it's not going to happen this year with tongue of Ilova and the, you know, offensive system that they're bringing in with Mike McDaniel, which I think is one of the best in the entire national football league. then yeah, it probably isn't going to work out, but when you've got guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle who can catch the ball and run the ball after the catch, I mean, talk about that game where it was 13 seconds left. Tyreek Hill, you know, you watch him blaze the trail down the field and leave all the Buffalo Bills in their wake. That's something that they can do even more of now with Miami. So Mm. I think that they should be better. I don't know if they'll be great, but, yeah, if it's not going to be this year with two, it, it might not happen at all. Miles Simmons, Miles, last one, another plug, plug for Pro Football Talk. I have it everywhere because Mike and this site is the only one, I hate to use the word courageous, but I just did, 
to cover Daniel Snyder, to cover the league, and to cover the Gruden emails and cover it daily. And the other sites don't even mention it on certain days. The league has massive issues they have to resolve, starting with Deshaun Watson's penalty phase, which should have been last week. I thought it could be, you know, maybe tonight. You go into tomorrow. It's got to happen here. You guys are following all of this. It's like you're following politics and Watergate and what's happening around the world here. You actually care about the big issues surrounding the league that a lot of other sites won't even pay attention to. Well, and it's funny you say that, JT, because we just know that these are things that are still of very big importance to fans, right? And, you know, part of it is an availability issue. It's not just what Deshaun Watson is accused of doing is atrocious, which it is. But, you know, look, if he's going to be out there on the field, that's extremely relevant. Who is the the person who is one of the 32 owners, excluding the Packers, obviously, but uh, 32 owners of, you know, one of the biggest sports leagues in the entire world, really the only thing in America that can drive like 20 plus million viewers is the NFL. Unless it's like a really big college football game. So this is why that's really important. And yeah, I, I think fans, fans really care about these issues. We care about these issues as reporters and writers and things like that. So yeah, we're, we're going to continue to follow them. And I think, you know, what you said about Sean Watson is true. You know, you, the Browns want to know, and everybody I think wants to know, what this suspension is going to be, especially because, look, training camp is starting. You know, teams are around the league. They're getting their pressers going. Things are getting, you know, more fast and furious at PFT. We've got more posts up on the site than we've had in the last couple weeks because that's the dead period. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens with Deshaun Watson. But, yeah, it, sooner than later, the suspension, you have to think, is going to be announced. Thanks, Miles. I look forward to talking to you a bunch, especially when you have breaking news. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely, JT. Take care. Miles Simmons, good reporter, pro football talk. We cover the league, not only the Raiders here. So we want to ha- see what's happening around the league at this point as training camps and all the veterans around the league have reported there. And I'd be shocked if we didn't have a Deshaun Watson decision this week. Don't know what day it's going to be, but it's got to be coming up here. We're off Wednesday for the Aviators, Bobby just told me in my ear. Triple-A baseball on in this time slot Friday I'm really excited. If you've been to Virgin Hotels here in Vegas, the former Hard Rock, I'm debuting my new podcast series with the hotel. So I'm going to do a podcast once a month in front of a live audience. We're going to be right in the lobby, and it's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be an interview-based podcast. We have Marcus Arroyo. He's trying to make it over. The head coach of UNLV football, Michael Morton, who's the owner of One Steak, uh, comes from the Morton Steakhouse brand, one of the best entrepreneurs I've ever met. Johnny Katz from the Review Journal, who talks about entertainment. Mike Pritchard, former NFL wide receiver, great friend of mine. So every month on a Friday, and this will be from 4 to 6 p.m., come down to Virgin Hotels. We'll tell you about it in advance. Have a beverage with me. Come hang out. Let me shake your hand. We're going to have a good time there, and then afterwards, you'll be able to take over the hotel and have a good time. Virgin Hotels Las Vegas, my podcast series, which will be on video, the audio. It'll be part of Virgin Hotels and part of our content here. Really excited about this opportunity as they're our newest partner here. And that kicks off Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Sounds like happy hour to me. Maybe Maybe I'll throw the card up on the bar and buy some ice cold Modellos, which I have no problem with. All right, we are flying today. 
A lot happening. Ira Matthews won a Super Bowl with Cliff Branch. One of his dear friends will join us at the top of the hour. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, the authority in San Diego, and he's going to talk and handicap the AFC West. Where will he have the Raiders? Well, I, the key was when I first came in, you know, and I, I got a, a, a glimpse of Warren Wells, and, of course, Raymond Chesson was there. He was the best tight end in the league at that time. And then, of course, all pro, uh, all pro bowl for Fred Blinko. So I was able to come in, get tutored by prolific all pro receivers. And the Raiders' passing game was unbelievable because, you know, we had the LaMonica and we had Blander and then, then Kenny took over and then I, I got to start. And then in my first year in 74, uh, that I ended up starting, I make all pro. I was the best wide receiver in the league. Cliff Branch, how about that? Warren Wells, Fred Bolitnikoff, George Blanda, Daryl LaMonica, Kenny Stabler, Jim Plunkett. Hey. Do we all understand the magnitude of Cliff and where he played and what he did for the Raiders? He'll be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm honored to be there, to be in attendance. It's going to be great. If you are going, start to reach out to me and everybody else. Q will be doing a broadcast. I'll be doing the pregame show from the stadium, which is a high honor for me. I've never hosted a pregame show from the Hall of Fame. That'll be coming up here. we got a lot to tell you next week. Uh, let me get to what's going on with Peter King. He was on the morning show today on Raider Nation Radio, and he took us into a deep dive as he went into a meeting room with Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. Here's Peter King. Well, um, I basically, you know, for what, what I've always thought was interesting about the game that really we very, very rarely ever get a chance to see is – learning about the absolute nuts and bolts of uh, of what it takes to to learn an offense, what it takes to be the kind of, uh, you know, to run the kind of, uh, you know, competent offense that Derek Carr is going to need to run for this team to get uh, to really go places. I think one of the things that interested me sitting in there and watching McDaniels have what basically was, uh, you know, he, he talks to Carr multiple times every day about little things, but like, and this is something that as I, as I wrote, it's not something that is going to be a headline. It's not something that's going to be on sports center or anything like that, but it's something that is absolutely vital uh, to get right if you're going to be a good offense. And it basically was Josh McDaniels and, and Derek Carr going over to some really minute coaching points uh, and, and little rules about, like, for instance, the one thing I witnessed was they basically decided how they were going to block a certain pass pattern and 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 how one player, the right tackle, what his job was going to be on this play. So, as I said, this is two minutes and ten seconds 
of Josh McDaniels and, and Derek Carr deciding how this play is going to be blocked and then what they're going to call it. And as McDaniel said, you know, Derek Carr will take this into the huddle on the practice field the next day, which was Sunday. And everybody is going to have to learn it, especially, you know, I guess Brandon Parker would be the right tackle in this particular case or Alex mm-hmm. Leatherwood. But what was, I, I, I find things like this amazing because at some point during the season, uh, the success or failure of one play is going to come down to whether the right tackle gets it and whether the right tackle can execute it. So it's just, those are the kind of things that there are a million of those little factors in whether a team succeeds or fails. I got to see one of them, you know, the invention of one of them. And it's just kind of a cool deal because that essentially is what makes up a football playbook. You know, a million of those little coaching points. So that was kind of a fun thing to see. But the overarching thing, you know, I think that was more, you know, as interesting to me is that, you know, just in my opinion, Josh McDaniels does not treat Derek Carr as an employee. You know, he basically treats him as a partner, uh, as a peer, because uh, Derek Carr is going to have to do an awful lot of things on the field that uh, are going to be uh, things that were Josh McDaniel's brainchild, but uh, now it's, it's McDaniel's watching, and Derek Carr has to execute those things uh, for the Raiders to have success. Riveting three-plus minutes of Peter King on the attention to details of what Derek Carr, a veteran, must get from Josh McDaniels, who's won the most Super Bowls ever, in league history as a coordinator. That's that's really behind-the-scenes stuff, getting in that meeting. you got to have some high clearance to be Peter King and to do that. Modelo is a proud partner of the Raiders in our show. Next time you're watching a Raider game, make sure you have a Modelo Especial within reach. Modelo brewed for those with a fighting spirit. I love a bucket of Modelos. Hope you do, too. Hour number two on deck.